If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Asante came to TurboTax after graduating from culinary school and landing a job in the hottest kitchen in town. My hands are full all day, every day. I love it. Asante, as your TurboTax expert, I'll make your moves count, guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and your maximum refund. Sound good? Yes, expert! Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Hey, Mel, Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy! Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget just as soon as. Right. Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian. Thanks again to Carbon Health for being our presenting sponsor. If you are a regular here, you know I've talked about Carbon Health and how long I've talked about Carbon Health and why I love Carbon Health. They help with things like COVID, cold, flu testing, antibiotic prescriptions for things like infections, UTIs, STDs. They have primary care services in California and Massachusetts. But if you're new here, thank you, by the way, for stopping by. You should also know that they can help with injuries as well. Most of their locations have imaging or x-ray machines so they can diagnose strains, sprains, and fractures if you unfortunately become injured. And I know, unfortunately, not everyone will be near one of the 120-plus locations, but they do have virtual urgent care services for states like California, New York, Florida, and several others. So thank you to Carbon Health. Really, really happy to be working with them. Check out the link in the description. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday. This is the spoiler-heavy discussion of the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We had an opportunity to do a non-spoiler discussion a little bit about a week ago, and now we are going to get into a full-on spoiler discussion on the movie. It's out. We've seen it. Hopefully you've seen it. That's why you're here. James Gunn directed the latest in the Guardians franchise. It is the end of the franchise. It is a... Um, uh, a very, very solid, solid ending, in my opinion, to the franchise. And we're going to get into that with both Coy and Winston here today. All right, everybody, listen, you're going to be on the East Coast. Well, if you are June 23rd, man, Winston will be there. Coy will be there. We'll be talking about the flash at that point. Brett's going to be there. Kate's going to be there doing stand up. We're all going to be doing stand up. And then we're going to be doing a live podcast the same way we did at Flappers last week. So make sure you do that. Uh, and then the next day, guys, the next day, Stamford, Connecticut. You can get tickets here for both shows, thechristianharloff.com. Myself and Mark Ellis are going to be with Corey and Martin from Double Toasted doing a live show, doing some stand-up. It's going to be a blast, so come join us. But right now, we're talking about Guardians, man. Let's do it. Let's get into it. It's big thing. It's Capes and Cows. I'm ready. You're ready. Let's do it. Welcome back, everybody. It is 
big thing, special edition, Capes and Cowls, Monday. Why is it Monday? Because we're doing a spoiler discussion for Guardians, man. We're excited about it. It's me, it's Coy, and Winston A. Marshall, everybody. All right. So, guys, we had an opportunity to go over the non-spoiler a little while ago, and now here we are in the spoiler. Um, all of us feel the same. Great movie yeah. overall. Uh, I love how this movie starts. I love the fact that they 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 jump right into it and they give you the big bombastic scene, but it makes sense. You know, it's not just like oh, we need a big action scene, but they have it. They set up right where you were. If you if you watched. The Christmas special, you get where they are. They throw in the little things about Quill and uh, and Mantis being sister and brother. But even if you didn't watch it, it's like you maybe ask that question. Oh, when did they reveal that? Who cares? Yeah. It's all it's all set up in inside of where they are, nowhere, and and they're and and Star Lord is the only thing is that Star Lord. When did he start drinking? Because he wasn't drinking like that in uh, in during a Christmas special, was he? He was a little like I think because it was a Christmas special, <laughs> probably, punches, probably pulled but, back but, a little bit. But as far as his energy, it was the same energy of just being a mess. It makes sense. Yeah, it made a lot of sense why why he is, and I like where, and I also like because once uh, Warlock uh, comes in there, Warlock, right? Yeah, Adam Warlock. Well, yeah. And once he comes in there. And he and he looks devastating when he first comes in, and he's having all these things. These the fights were so intense, and the way they were shot were so great. The, the battle that he Groot, it, it, we didn't talk about him enough in the non spoiler. Groot's fan. Groot's like Chewbacca in this one. Yeah, Groot is fit. Groot's this is the best Groot that I've I, seen. Even though it's a different Groot than the first movie, but it's so great. I called so many things with Groot, which was which was really fun. Um, jumping ahead a little bit when they go to visit the high evolutionary and they're like no weapons and i'm like so they're just not even going to scan groot so yeah. Groot's got every weapon in the book in there right. doesn't he right now which was amazing because i then all of a sudden did i fortunately was so jacked in i forgot about the trailer and yeah. how the, the all of a sudden the multi-arms with him and all the guns oh, i'm glad they didn't, they didn't yeah. remember that either yeah. yeah but groot was so good in this and because he's also and this goes to the credit of where he was in the first one, where he was a much older Groot, and then it wasn't, and then it's not him in the second one; it's his son, um, and he's a teenager. And you see him as you see him in d- various different versions. You see, this him is in, like what college age, like maybe like this mid is past to late college. 20s? I, I think, he, yeah, I think he's like mid to late twenties now, and you could feel it because, and he's so loyal, and it's like he he really is Han Solo to, I mean, excuse me, Chewbacca to Chris Pratt's Solo in this, and it works brilliantly and that fight that he has with warlock is so good and it yeah. ultimately plays back into the end when when warlock looks at him and he goes why and i love the relationship he's got with gamora the whole time gamora's like you don't understand what he's saying and he just and then she finally you you see it and i love that you see it in her eyes that she finally understands mm-hmm. but she doesn't have to go oh i understand you now mm-hmm. it's just, you just know and i thought that zoe saldana did a fantastic job of playing a Gamora that was not the Gamora that we're familiar with mm-hmm. in the previous two. But it's similar attributes where you can see that it could be timeline yes. Gamora. It's hard to play a character that's not the exact same that feels authentic to the that's character right. itself. And I really think the paternal nature of the second film was mirrored beautifully in the maternal nature of her take in this film because you know the first film feels like it's about the loss of his mother and him being like you know yeah. lost in general second film is obviously a father-son story and a lot of coping and and i know that chris pratt had said that like that helped him cope and yep. james gunn yep. wrote it for that perspective but what i really loved is that there's an element of gamora that was so maternal towards baby Groot. That yes. she's now not that Gamora in three, but I think her frustration is this draw to want to connect to right. Groot because something in her like connects to this creature yeah. 
And then I loved the frustration she had with not understanding him. And then that light that lit, lit in her eyes when she she got what he was saying. Yeah, it was amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I think my biggest um, takeaway from this that just really lit me up is for for Rocket really not being in the movie a lot. I mean, he is, obviously, but we're getting a lot of his, his past stories. So we're seeing him as like a young kid. Yeah, he's in, he's in it in a very creative way. Yeah. yeah. And so... To have him essentially come out of his coma, more or less. Yeah. And while the anger is clearly in him, that anger we've seen in the first two movies has so gone away. He yeah. is, he is so, like, because we even see it. You, you actually skipped a spot where you said where we start off. We start off with him in the cage as a right. regular raccoon, right. and the right. hand comes in to grab right. him. Right. And then he is lost in thoughts. Right. He is just, like, constantly listening to music, and he seems like something is really eating away at him. Right. As he's walking through, he's not the angry one anymore, where he walks through, and it's Quill going, running after him. I and mean, even... And and it's a great point because as he walks through there through that that moment and Quill starts yelling at him about why are you using this you, you stupid raccoon or whatever and he, and he's like I told you not a raccoon he's not mad he just has any and he knows and they all know that Quill's going through something right now and I also like the recognition from Quill going had I not been such a drunk slob then mm-hmm. I would have been I would have been on it a little more but I love and this happens throughout the movie it happens in the beginning and then it happens masterfully at the very end of it but where the guardians when they when Warlock comes in to attack. They all just like wake up out of their slumber. Whatever yeah. they're doing, jokes they're cracking, and they're ready to scrap. And that happens at the very end. And and when they finally take out the High Evolutionary, when they when, like that was such a great moment. But we'll get into it later. But still, I I love the fact that like because for me the one thing that's always gone through my head is like they all kind of have their own like power set and things that they're able to do. But I always just thought to myself, I was like. What does Rocket like actually do? His little ass, like yeah, he shoots right. a gun and everything, but like, but that's the thing. And they really get into that. His superpower is that his brain, his 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 yeah. specifically his ability to invent and invent like MacGyver, yeah, like mm-hmm. out of like I have a paper clip, and I need that uh, arm, a, 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 yeah. Yeah, like a bottle cap and a pillow. Right. Oh, I just made a nuclear bomb. Right. Yeah. What the tenacity like, plus that intelligence, and it's not pattern based. It's it's no. inventive, which I love that they leaned into because there's different types of intelligence. Like he's a one of one mind yeah. in a very specific way, which is a superpower, but it's also his tenacity to seek out those things to yeah. persevere and then the loyalty you've seen him grow from the first film of like the end their family but by the by the end of this film it, it's another level and and like you said with the action I love that they all know how to like listen to each other in that hallway scene yes. where you see every one of them oh, reacting the in real time well that, I mean let's talk about that scene for first <sighs> of all one of the greatest scenes in this movie I thought was that hallway scene and when the music starts playing for No Sleep Till Brooklyn right it's one of my favorite Beastie Boys songs and when, when that song is playing Playing, I was like, there are a lot of songs in movies that are overused. And this song was just used in Mario three, four weeks ago. So it starts playing, and I'm like, okay, all mm-hmm. right, let's let's see. But he, but but then even when it starts, though, I'm like, but he's using it in such a cool way already. How they're just like they're all finally they're all back together and they're gonna start walking in, and you know they're gonna do something. So so I'm all right, they're gonna use it. How else are you gonna use it, James? And he's like, shut up, stupid, and eat your popcorn. And he just <laughs> plays the music and just it just is shot so well and it's not cliche that stupid shot that everybody uses of this he doesn't use that he does these different ways to maneuver the camera structure it with the music but everyone's doing something for a purpose and no one's waiting to fight no there's none of that like pacing yourself for the next person to jump in and it's a melee melee and the fact that and i think what was so cool about it and what made that fight scene work better than most 
uh, and it gave me Endgame vibes in that regard. You have such a large ensemble here. They all fight very differently. And for the... Not that they haven't done this previously, but this has felt the most... We have fully nailed how each one of these dudes or gals kicks ass. Yeah. And, And it is drastically different. It's the fact that Nebula will take hardcore like it would kill anybody else like her head gets bent yeah. all the way oh, back and bunches. she's still pop 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 well like mantis falls one time in this in that cage and she lands on her neck and i was like how did she survive yeah that? There, I was one, that there was one time i was like how did i because I, I was like oh is that nebula no it was mantis <laughs> but speaking of mantis and drax Dude, she's so strong. but mantis and drax were set up so well in that christmas special of how they played off each other so well and it's even a hundred times and how protective they are over each other. And it's just, we said in the non-spoiler review, and just to reiterate, the reason why this movie also really worked for me is that everybody had something to do. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Groot, that even though Groot, ha- like he's gone through his emotional arc, he did his thing in the first movie, he's done, uh, they, we've had shorts on him, but he still was able, to, you saw him maturing, you saw that he was the loyal, he was going to be there for Pratt, and he was really there for, he was there for Star-Lord, and he was able, when he jumped out and did all that stuff, he was he was there in that focus. That was, that was the arc that he needed to show that he was maturing. Mm-hmm. Um, Nebula, who to me... It has had the biggest arc of almost any character so far. Maybe in the minus, entire MCU. Yeah, well, maybe minus Rocket inside of the Guardians thing. Mm. But just but because the, as they said in this, they even say it like this has always been Rocket's story. They say it at one point. But Nebula, I didn't like Nebula when I first saw it. I was like, it seemed like Karen Gillian to me was doing kind of like a one note thing. And then it was like that was kind of the point. It was kind of the point in the first one. And then as you see. She starts to change in her humor, starts to play off in the stuff that she did with Tony Stark in Infinity War and or even in Endgame. And she starts to get better. And she was incredible. That one line in the Christmas special <laughs> is just out of control. Good. But she's the most evolved in this than all because she's that protective mama in this. I, I think, and that was really well done with James Gunn with the writing because if you think about it, the one thing that was harped on over and over and over again is that Thanos stripped her of all of her humanity. Right. She, that there's a reason she was a one-note assassin right. is because mm-hmm. he literally stripped her of everything that made her like a person. Right. And so what we were watching is essentially the deprogramming or the uh, of her from being that yeah. into being a regular being again. And so she's never going to get rid of that trauma and that that scar tissue, but she has become she's gotten her humanity. She back. got it back and she's so she there's she's has she has quite a few emotional moments in this. Yeah. And one my my favorite emotional moment is when she realizes Rocket's a lot. And she's like she just it's very subtle. She's like wait, Rocket and then he says something, and she puts her hand over her mouth. And then the other moment is when she gives Drax his props at the end. Because yeah. she's been yelling at him the whole time. And, stupid, I, and I just thought about the funniest moment in the movie for me <laughs> in a second. And I'll see if you guys can guess what it is. But I laughed every time. But, the, but when she then realizes, she tells him, she's like, no, I need you here. I need you to be here because I, I, I know what your purpose is. I saw what your purpose is. And she's the one that delivers that line. And it was so fitting. And it was so perfect. So I thought I thought Karen Gillian, Gillian, Gillian. Right? Gillian did such a great, great job in the perfection of this character, um, and I love that she's running nowhere. Right? Yeah, it's great. Um, all right, so let me see if you guys can guess what. What do you think I laughed at the most? We get any clue? <sighs> it's too Is hard. it going to give it away? It's too hard if I give it away, but it's. I just say it was something that was said. Okay. Um, 
this might be too silly for you. Was it the whole, you think I'm stupid? It was every time that Drax called those kids morons. <laughs> every time. he's Because like, he did it so lovingly. He goes, he's like, hello, moron. That's why, that's why I talk to Dagnino when I see him. That's why, that's why, that's why, he, goes, he goes, he's like, all right, idiots and morons. And I love that he talks in that line. of she's like, she's like, why didn't you tell me the whole time that you could speak their language? You did you ask. ever ask? Bro, that's, yeah. that, that, that's one of my favorite moments from Rush Hour is the whole idea. It's like, uh, excuse me, officer. I was just teaching him a technique how to obtain yeah. a suspect. You speak English? You didn't ask if I speak English. Yeah, right. Like it's the same thing. You you people underestimate Drax so much. To me, that was probably I loved everybody's arc. His was probably my favorite, especially to be like, dude, you're not Drax the Destroyer because he comes full circle. He was yeah. like, you're Drax yeah. the Dad. Like right. you, yeah. you you were meant to be a family man. That was always I, your your. I thing. love I loved and 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 it's a credit to Dave Batista has been getting better in everything that he was it, still to right now to me. His best performance that I've ever seen him in, Knock at the Cabin. I mean, not, not, is that what it's called? Knock, knock, at the, knock at the Cabin. Best he's ever been. Yeah. Um, he's getting better and better every time. He was so good in this in, in this Guardians because in number two, as funny as I thought he was, I thought he was just there to be a joke jukebox. Mm. He had something to do in this one. He had something to do. There wasn't a single arc wasted, and I and I, I love that the landing of I, I. So in Marvel, there's often that like they're gonna use the name either as a punchline or an explanation. Like there's always that like yeah. they're called blah blah blah. Right. And I don't know how, and it's been right in front of me. Rocket is what they call him in all the Guardians. I never thought we'd hear Rocket Raccoon aloud. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they played the long game from the first movie, him saying, I'm not a raccoon, not a raccoon. And I love the double whammy of him not only accepting himself, which is what all the movies are about. Each of them is about accepting yourself and finding that. And then they had the added layer of accepting yourself with the, uh, I'm not a bad dog, say I'm a good dog. Because that's like everyone wants affirmation. So then to top the affirmation thing with an animal, because this movie is all about affirming those things. Even learning the whistle. Everything's just affirming. But then to end it with rocket seeing that moment as him seeing the next generation of raccoons to him like he's he's seeing those creatures realizing he's seeing himself in these little creatures he's having that full circle arc but the last line he said to his love in heaven in animal heaven was i'm not a raccoon and then in life he accepts he's a raccoon so you have the death literally of him pushing the last bit of himself away you have it, a, a, that yeah, dying it, in front of his love. I, lo- I love oh. that. I, I also love that when she was like, but not yet. And then he goes, Beautiful. And he goes back. But like, and, but all of that, the acceptance, it was, it was all, it was all there, right? It was like that. It, it just, I mean, even, even Quill having to accept about his, his grandfather and the way that they set that up. And then that, that moment got me at the very yeah. end when he shows up and he he's just like immediately recognized and him. he grabs him and holds him. And, and then he, let's just talk about the end because the end to me was a shock. The, the second credit scene, second, the, the post credit scene when with his dad, with, his, with, his, with grandfather? his grandfather, because yeah. at the end it goes, star Lord will return. The legendary will return. So that yeah. means that, you know, are we going to get a star Lord movie? What does that mean? Because Chris Pratt, if you go back to those interviews, Gamora, uh, uh, Zoe Saldana, this is it for me. I'm done. Batista, this is it for me. I'm done. James Gunn, this is it for me. I'm done. Chris Pratt never said that. Never heard that from Chris Pratt. I would actually venture a guess. You may get a situation where you get a recasting of Gamora. I wouldn't be surprised if Batista is like, I'm not doing this again. But if he is like, I will do a cameo. I I could see some of these characters be like, I will cameo. I'm not doing this again i'm not gonna be in the full movie if, I, Ex- if you want me to pop up in a scene or something except sure. for chris but i don't think but i think that's why they said the legendary star lord will return 
it doesn't mean he's got to go off on different adventures. Yeah. He could be on Earth. He could be doing other stuff too. He could be he could be involved with the, the new cast. Yeah. I they, so, if they're smart, they, they that that's exactly what they do. Smart. I, well, so this was going to be what I was going to tell because there's there is a point and in the books where this has happened where members of the Guardians have stayed on Earth to become Avengers. People from the Avengers have gone to become Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Yeah. Happens all the time, so that's very much a possibility. I was going to say where I think this actually does connect to the MCU during the non-spoiler was uh, the first post-credit scene where Rocket is leading the new team because once again it's right. all kind of kids. Right, you're 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 once again getting at the whole idea of the next generation, them being the ones to defend everybody. I have a very strong feeling that as the Young Avengers stuff happens, at some point the the the, the new Guardians are going to get involved too. See, the only thing though, and this is. This is why I think that it's it's tricky because James Gunn has just been so synonymous with Guardians, right? And they sure. they did Guardians without him with um in Infinity War and in and Game to which he made comments recently about Star Lord said he wouldn't have played Star Lord that way in and the elevator scene kind of like acknowledging that where Chris Pratt has to be like describing the anger at Thanos. They kind of expositioned a way <laughs> right. that they're yeah. like yeah. let's band-aid that thing that happened. Yeah, there was the, he he cuz James Gunn is not what I don't think was a fan in the nicest way possible. Of Star Lord breaking on, down on how they handled Star Lord in in Infinity, how the Russos handled him. I don't. I think that he would have handled him differently. So that being said, it, it, they have it has been used without him. I think doing a full Guardians movie like, with the new Guardians. I, I, I know you're not saying that, but mm. I'm just saying if they if they set that up in a way, having them show up and everything too, fine. They can't ever do a Guardians movie again. I think it also would have said the Guardians of the Galaxy will return. It's a Star-Lord. It's a Star-Lord. But it I mean, did but, not but say he's, Guardians. But he's specifically saying, like, just the fact that they set them up in yeah. that scene, does that mean that we're going to see them again? But I agree with you. It's like, potentially, it, it sets it up possibly. But I think that they're – I think everybody's loop is kind of closed, you know? I well, also – No, no, no. My, my fault. Um, this group, yes. Yeah. We're not – No, the, I know. But even the new group, it's like – it's like I, I get, like – You'd have to set them all up again. You got to do a movie with them. It's like, but but why would you bring in like why would you one off like Adam Warlock for example? Again, considering right. how many stories he's got, right. all that kind of stuff, yeah. and this really is just another iteration of a team that we've seen before. So all I'm saying is that you may not get them the way that, that like maybe who knows? Maybe you write off Craglin because it's like maybe Sean's not going to do anything right. without his brother, but like. I can totally see Rocket coming back and leading like Adam Warlock and some of this stuff or whatever, or like Star Lord is helping the Avengers and like I got somebody we can call and they call the new Guardians team in and they don't bring in the old cast, they bring in the, this group that we saw in the post credit. Right, I can see that all day, and that is the only way that this connects, quote unquote. You know, yeah. I feel like the way they handled loss here was so buttoned up yeah. that I. So I, I love that they manipulated us. James Gunn manipulated us the whole movie. There, there was like every twenty minutes a moment where you assumed someone was going to die because it was the end of the trilogy. Mm -hmm. It was how things end. Death is the only yes. way things. End. Instead, it was a more beautiful ending because people didn't have to die for there to be loss. Like. In day-to-day -day life, your last loss is dying, but you lose friends, things change, the world evolves, and I think it's a much more on-brand of the Guardian story that they disband yes. in a way, and that's more on heartbreaking. Terms. On their terms. Yeah. Yeah, because even because even Rocket at that one point, who's always been one in his family and everything, too, where he's just like, was well, that it? It's the, the band's over? And, and they, they're telling him to accept loss. Yeah. And accept it, but in a way that, but you're going to, but. And I loved that whole thing where they're they're all like you know doing and and respecting that they're giving him the credit for what he's ultimately going to be able to do. Gamora has 
uh, her thing she's doing with the Salone Gamora line. Yeah. I bet we were fun broke me oh, yeah, to like. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I relived every breakup. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, I've yeah. lived that conversation, and it was beautiful. <laughs> it was really really good. So they went, and then Stallone, which uh, it was great to see come him. Back. <laughs> come back, come back, be big bear hug. It was phenomenal. The eighties beef between Stallone and Arnold has always fascinated me, and yeah. I know they're cool now. But Arnold was at my screening, and I was wondering the whole time. Like I saw him before the movie, and every time Stallone was now. on screen, but I kept. Thinking Thinking yeah. like twenty years ago, this would have been a problem. I could have done that. Yeah, yeah I was like, <laughs> what's it like for him to watch him on Come that on, screen? You look at him; he's in the, the Ravager. He's not Ravager. <laughs> I come in there with one. I could hold the raccoon. I could hold the tree. I could do it all. I said, Come Let me on. play Groot. He's a, he's not even he's not even fighting. I, I just I, I'll tell you the thing that I think was the most fun for me, uh, fight wise, because everybody got their own little steeds of how they were like handling their business in those fights. It was the same thing that happened for me in the Christmas special is how effing powerful that Mantis is. So like the one yeah. when they're in the first science center and she's just out here being like, you got to dance. You oh, it's like, you're, you that gotta, one, underrated so far, you know, it, I, I hope it's not underrated, but like it, people weren't laughing as much in our screening as I was hoping they were. The dude just dancing by yeah. himself. Dodging, yeah. and the other one dodging, dodging everything. all the bullets. But that just, was hilarious. He's just going like this, and he's dancing <laughs> in the side. It was hilarious. And it was, so, and it was in a moment where, like, because I saw somebody, you know, one of the uh, troll McGillicuddy 75 or whatever, was like, oh, you got to watch the Guardians do a dance off to beat the villains again. And it was like, and this was like, this is how you use that particular thing. Because I do think that overall beating what's his face in the first movie with a dance could be beat him to distract him. I had to distract him, which is fine, but it, whatever it's this, they didn't do that at all. And I was glad that they didn't. Um, but that scene when they used it at the right time, because even that whole setup of with the Nathan Fillion stuff and how they brought in, um, you know, he was trying to charm the girl. She like, he seemed like a douche to me. But All the fact of that, that it worked uh, at the end yeah, was the hilarious. Landing, the yes. landing of that was peak Star-Lord. The it landing was. of that when Told he was like, no, was I just got to get in the system. And then he just took out everybody. everybody. That felt like the comic book. Well, what, was, what was cool about that, too, is talk about full circle. The person who would have done that in the past, even with him being a thief, the person who would have done that in the past would have been Rocket. So yeah. the fact that he's clearly picked up something from Rocket and Rocket, in turn, is now obsessed with music in that Zoom the yeah. way that, like, it's very funny how they really their work. family. You know, it's yeah. like, like they bicker like a family, they stick up for each other like a family, and like they try, like, again, with Nebula, we've got to go find Star, Star we got to find Starler, we got to find everybody, we got to find out where they are, and they're like, what do you mean, you're off the ship? And then even when he, the hilarious that both, how it keeps coming back. Great plan, jump out of a window, and how and and it gets brutal, man. Like a couple yeah. times, like how they kill that dude, like they slam him into the ground, and it's like an eerie scene. The, the scene when the um, rip his face, they off. rip a dude's like, face off. He looked like Red Skull, yeah, yeah. and like That's how he should look, yeah. And he and it was all of that was was really brutal. The stuff with the kids in the cages was tough, you know. Uh, that and uh, the animals too. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that was wild to me. Um, I, I was, and this is where I was like, Gun was effing with us yet again. This is the third time that Star Lord has almost died in space from oh, right. freezing. Yeah. The first time he goes it. to save he goes to save Gamora. Um, the second time it, it, it's Yondu flying him out at right. the end, and right. Yondu ends up dying. And so the third time, his whole face puffing Swell, up, yeah. and it's all because him going after the Zuna. I'm like, stop doing that. But I understand why he's doing it. That's yeah. his last link to his mother. He yeah. can't let yeah. it. And then he it gives go. it to Rocket, and that was such a moment when he got that first 2000 song. And I also love that the opening mirrors the Guardians one opening where he's walking. You have a, a panning shot of him walking, and that's the same pace that Star Lord was going in in the yeah. first film. So Rocket literally taking on that attribute, but then at the end, the passing of the torch to the Zuna 
Zune. That's kind of like the leadership thing. And that was just a weird, like emotionally connecting moment that I never would have expected when we started these movies would land as well. It really, really did. And I think that there's just something about, again, the connectivity of all of them together and how it played. Like Rocket needed to go back into that room to go after the high evolutionary. He needed, yeah. he needed to be. He, and when he goes to free all of the raccoons again and he's got them all and he's got tears in his eyes and everything you knew that that hump was coming back in and he does and they're having this square off and what i what i loved about that moment and i noticed it right away as rocket's fighting him and going right after him all the guardians start coming in but they don't do this big reveal of like here's a whip pan to show them coming in they're just there they're just they're kicking the piss out of this guy, and they're hitting him and they're punching him and they're going after. Him. And it's like it was so great. It was it was the it was the I agree with you. It was the surprise reveal of like since the high evolutionary has mastered gravity, you're like the, none of them are beating that. That's not gonna happen. But we got the we got the the tip of the hat early on that what Rocket has over the high evolutionary is that he made him so well. He's actually smarter than him. He's yeah. he's, he's more creative than him, right. and so. The fact that his gravity boots by himself are more powerful than whatever tech he used to make him to be able to control gravity. And he's like, I'm a guardian of the galaxy. And one pop shot, and all of a sudden, here comes Groot slapped to oh, the face. Oh, it's amazing. Oh. What did you guys think about the Deadpool reference, though? Which one? The one right now. Mint Mobile, guys. Do you guys know <laughs> Mint Mobile? Ryan Reynolds started it all. Let me tell you about it right now. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if you learned anything, what you learned is that there's always a catch. I heard about Mint Mobile a long time ago. And right away, they go, okay, we got premium wireless, and it's only starting at uh, 15 bucks a month. I said, yeah, right. What's the catch on that one? But then they talk to them, and I'm using their service. And guess what? It all makes sense. There's no catch. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they are the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you, and it works like a charm. Set up a separate line with them, and they just it's just clear. It's easy. And if you hate your phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless, just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivery on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile. Get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. So if you want to get that wireless plan for 15 bucks a month and you get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash thing mintmobile.com slash thing. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash thing. <laughs> Thank you once again to our friends over at Mint Mobile. Really appreciate them being here. Hope you guys help us out, help yourselves out, get a new plan. It's worth it. Um, you know, Winston, you mentioned before you mentioned Warlock, right? And we had all talked in our non-spoiler. I think that all of us, and then we'll get Corey's kind of take on the character in general. But, like, my thing was I had heard for so long about this character, how intense it was. And everyone was so excited to see him kind of coming into the MCU. And he's been rumored forever. Like, even back to, like, Guardians, coming coming into Guardians 2, if he was going to show up. And and when they cast Will Poulter, because it was somebody else that was cast first, right? Didn't they, didn't they cast somebody else and then they cast Will Poulter? I don't remember. Either way, I thought Will Poulter, for how he was directed, was fine because he shows up and he's devastating, almost like this kind of Superman type of character, and he's fighting everybody, and then he shoots Rocket. He's their whole reason that Rocket, they're in this position in the first place. 
Um, but then he kind of turns into kind of like a goof. Like once you once you see him with the high evolutionary, and that's also established that no, 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 that's the boss. This guy's just kind of working for him. But he's just kind of like the, the scene, even though as funny as it was when he's like, show him we mean business. And he just disintegrates the guy. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And, um, and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, how else are we going to show him we mean business? Like, don't kill him. Yeah. And like with all that. But he's just kind of but he's not. But that also shows you can't take this guy very serious because he doesn't really get the job done. Ever. They, they try to explain it. And I do want to hear what Koi has to say about this. They try and explain it in the way of like you made me take him out early. Right. Like the, the, not only is he like what supposedly what, like a week old or something like that. He he did not finish developing. You you pulled him out too soon. Yeah. But you insisted because you needed to go and find right. the guardian. But I don't think that that's enough of an of an excuse in the sense that it is so for me and what I have read of Adam Warlock. I, again, I have not read every book. So if someone wants to correct me and tell me, oh, hey, that exists at some point. He's just he's more serious than that. He kind of has it more together. He's one of the few that can actually wield the soul. He's stone. how he is how he is when he first shows up. When he first shows up, he's pretty devastating. Both how he first shows up and how he ends when he saves right. when he saves him. He Star-Lord, seems to like yeah. he, he gets yeah. it together. Yeah. It, that, although that moment was funny though when they're all giving hugs and he well and he no. when, he, <laughs> when, he, when he comes in when he comes in to give the hug because he's like the awkward hug yeah. on the side because he just wants to be accepted. And I love to that it. he has his butt out too. Like that's such a like I don't know how to do this yes. moment and moment. The, oh, yeah. the fact that I, I was wondering if. Gamora was going to like come over and just put like a hand up, but I thought that was nice of her to just kind of give like a smirk and walk. That was the other it, way. and it worked. But it like so, I didn't have as much of an attachment to how how true they were to Warlock because I didn't know enough about him. I just think that he was just kind of pushed to the side. He was just kind of there when he showed up. Like, oh yeah, that guy. Like, but Corey, go ahead. So basically, uh, there's two versions of Adam Warlock. One is called the Magus, and one right. is Adam Warlock. So I think they were playing with the Magus storyline mm. more, which is a very intentionally brain dead, brainwashed, yeah. broken version. And I think they're playing the long game with Will Poulter to where you're going to have a character that's basically as strong as Captain Marvel. The arc can't start with them complete because then you've just got the Captain Marvel problem, which is like, you're so overpowered, we can only use you ever so often. So I think the reason they introduce him as the Magus is if you've got all of the strength but none of the intelligence, you have to grow that way. Is Magus always childlike and stupid, though? I think that's what they're doing with the like that line you mentioned, the the hatch too soon. He's not childlike and stupid. He's just ignorant it's more fish out of water and i think they did that here in a way that had to be in order to introduce him and endear him sure and i think that the, he's going to get the long game I, I assume this introduction means we are getting more adam warlock to grow into the one we know doesn't that scare you though that the long game though from a character james gunn introduced is not going to be in the long game with james gunn it, it worries me only in that i think will poulter was cast for james gunn's vision and i hope that that's what i mean he gets to like plant a right. seed or will Poulter gets enough uh clout in his performance that he gets to shape that yeah yeah i i totally get that and i, and I know about magus and i know that but that's why i was just like it's it specifically drax is ignorant right but drax is still an adult sure he literally felt like a child and i again i get the idea of you hatched him too soon and maybe that's what they were trying to use as the that excuse he is to a do child. that but I, right, but I, I guess just for me, I, I think of Vision. Vision mm. was born literally yesterday yeah. and is still really smart, but is ignorant to the ways of the world. I'm not saying make him robotic. I'm not saying like you have to make him drive. I'm just saying there was a level of him straight up acting like he's a five year old. Yeah. He also didn't, didn't give work. a crap on his mom died too. <laughs> he didn't care. I just tried. 
And then it just, right, but he, but he didn't even brought it. He didn't, he didn't seem very emotionally broken up about it. Yeah, I mean, if you're a child, you're right. I don't. I don't disagree. Adam Warlock is the only thing that like I'd give this a four eight four nine. It yeah. would be a five, and right. like it's that good. But the Adam Warlock, Warlock stuff. What did you think about Zubilee Zoo? Zubilee Zoo, <laughs> the the, uh, the animal people. Oh, the little like furry guy. <laughs> no, no, the Zubilee Zoo was a was a was a show. I'm kidding if you didn't get, you didn't get it. it. But Zubilee Zoo was the uh, it was this kid show um, back in the in the day, and they were all animal people. And like all those people, oh, like the Counter Earth people, Zip Zip. That was that was those were the kids, but like yeah, but like the, uh, but yeah, the the, I thought that scene, even though I, I I know there's just so much you have to show in a trailer, I get it, but I just there's so much stuff like they showed that whole scene with the ball in the face, and I was like, oh, I wish they didn't see that. Part part. of the reason why I wish they hadn't done that too is because you had just come from them breaking into the science facility, right? And we kept being teased, someone's probably gonna die. We I saw Drax get shot and I was like no because Drax has to throw the ball right. so th- he's oh. not going to die here but something's going to happen. Yeah, I thought that they did really well in the trailer though. Will was when they show and I think it was a nice. Te- this is why Gunn's really smart. Gunn's are really smart and I'm sure he had a lot to do with. I mean, a lot of time the trailers people you know people will do the trailer, but someone at Gunn's stature will have a lot of say of what's in the trailer. But Gunn's really smart because. He's like, no, no, leave that scream with Chris Pratt in there. And the carrying him out drunk? Good God, was that genius. Because they're going to think that Rocket's dead. Yeah. That's what they're going to think. So let keep the scream in there and let them complain that, oh, they're showing us clearly Rocket's going to die. That was intentional, and it was done very, very – it was very smart. I didn't mind that that scream was in there because I was expecting it, and I'm going, they're going to show he's, he's, he's going to die. But then after after he, like – after they went through all this and the way that they, I was like, they're not going to kill him now. There's just no, there's no way they're going to, they're going to let him die now. But, but it was still that putting that scream in there was really smart. That's when I thought they were all going to die. When yeah. Rocket came back and then they were on the exploding ship, I was like, they're killing all the Guardians. Like, I, oh, since, I, I, since they, he I, came back, I thought it was all no, or no, no. I thought it was going to be a, situ- a situation where they were going to ultimately end up sacrificing themselves. Same, all save, of them? Yeah. yeah. A, like, you think they were going to end that for that way with kids? It was, well, well, when you, when you throw in the trailer and you throw how emotionally yeah. drawn in this was and you throw in the fact that they kept making mistakes of like okay we got out but why are you on the ship i right. thought it was ultimately going to be like this dude is so strong it's going to be a situation we got to go down with the ship to yeah, take him yeah. Out. the only time that i thought maybe was the star lord space thing i said maybe then they might kill star lord yeah yeah because i was like well but the same reason that i think that he's going to be sticking around in new more movies is like I'm, he hasn't talked much about is this the end or not for him so maybe he was holding it in and then his face explodes at one point and i'm like Oh, that's brutal. But then I, at, at that same point, I go, well, wait a minute. Where's Gamora is the first thing I thought. I was like, is Gamora going to save him? And then I was like, and then I thought right like, seconds before, I'm like, where's Warlock yeah. but that's, at this point? That's why yeah. I knew it was going to be Warlock, other than the fact that he's shown he can fly through space without right. any issue, right. was because you just had the situation with Groot saving him. Like, well, why'd you do it? And he said, he's like, he, t- he says, because everyone deserves a second chance. Yeah, right. I was like, they're going to do this right now because yeah. we're not going to see these characters again. Maybe ever, but for a long time, you know, work together, and they and it was about them all coming together and all helping each other out, and like Mantis and and uh, Nebula and Drax have that wonderful moment with the kids. You know, Gamora has a great 
moment with with Star Lord, as you just mentioned beforehand, um, that the moment with uh, both James Gunn's brother and uh, and and uh, Cosmo, Cosmo, so oh, so, so good. The way that they play all that. Call that though when he when he finally figured out the arrow. Yeah, I was like, the only way that the good dog thing is going to come is Cosmo's going to save him. And right when he missed with the arrow, and I was like, oh, he's about to. It's like, what, a dog? He goes, nah, she a good dog. <laughs> like, just... <laughs> I was like, oh, and you know what moment was really funny that as much as we said, you know, there's a lot of warlock stuff. So the warlock comedy stuff did work, even mm. though you don't like the characters. Mm. One of the funniest, funniest moments, subtle moments, was when he's kicking everyone's ass in the beginning and they has to shoot the whistle at him and hits him in the head. He goes, who threw something at me? <laughs> <laughs> you are a child. You are yeah, a toddler. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> it was a, that was really, it was really, that was a good way to blend both of it. And then, the idea of when when Rocket gets shot, it's like it's serious, you know, and mm-hmm. pushing, and then having that. I wasn't sure. Like I like Nathan Fillion, right? I I do, um, but when you put him in there, I was like, it's just just kind of like fan service to put Nathan Fillion in there because he's supposed to. He's been in, you know, he, he voiced one of the characters mm-hmm. before, like some something in Second. In the Guardians, first one, like, he's a big one of the big beasts that. Captures yeah, right, him. Yeah. right, right. And I was like. You know, and people always want to kind of see him in this, like, how's this going to work? And it worked well because it was that classic James Gunn Guardians humor of like, ah, I feel like this guy's an idiot too. I, that, that was my favorite part is him over here being like, I got, I got, I got, and he kept, and he kept it up. going back. Yeah. Like, every, any excuse he had to make fun of that dude, he's and like, it, yeah. just a stranger's like, yeah, no, nah, idiots. I, got, I, I, got you, I thought you meant something else. It <laughs> really, really worked for me because yeah. of the rep, like usually repetitive jokes don't land for me, like right. Family Guy stuff. I'm like, eh. but yeah. like this repetition landed. It, it it's worked so funny. It worked, but it also, as opposed to a lot of things, again, in my opinion, Guardians two, it was placed in at the right moment. Mm. Like there are, and I, as I mentioned, and rewatching Guardians two, like there, their emotional moments definitely hit in Guardians two. But the emotional moments in this movie, to me, was far exceeded anything that I've seen. In to me, this is the best. This is the best Marvel movie I've seen in a while. I have to, I, I have to watch it again. But I would say, either since No Way Home or even Endgame. You know, because I, I think there's a lot of stuff that I love about No Way Home. It's a great movie, and there's a lot of emotional moments in that movie. Yeah, but I don't know, man. There's some. This movie was this movie was pretty special, and I don't. And I think it's also because I, I've always liked Spider Man. Yeah, I've yeah. always loved. It's hard Spider-Man. to separate that. But but Guardians, I not have always loved. Right, so I, it's even more I, special. I, like I loved this movie. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll I loved t- it too. I'll tell you probably the other reason why it's hitting you a little differently. Um, with Spider Man. Again, there's a gimmick involved. Mm-hmm. That's 20 years, right? Because of different actors and stuff that are in it. Right, so you're, right. you're you're bringing in a lot. In it doesn't make it not a good movie, but there's sure. there's there's stuff there. Same thing with Endgame. It's like a cheap pop Infinity- in wrestling. Yeah, and same yeah. thing with Infinity War and Endgame. It's not that they're not good movies, and it's not that those emotional beats don't hit. But you're talking again a 10 year, 20 right. plus it's the, movie. It's, it's a season finale. Yeah. Versus this, while also being a season finale, also wrapping up a trilogy, because it's on a smaller scale and it's more contained, yeah. you're a little more jacked in than the grand scope of we have all hundred superheroes as the Avengers fighting Thanos yes. right now. It's we the have end of a, tr- all the the a three-movie arc as opposed to 20 years of Spider-Man or whatever. Intimate. All these movies connected MCU. You know, it's a very valid point. And I think that it's just a... Um, I don't know. It's just... I think that... And I've also... Every project now recently of James Gunn that I've been seeing with his writing like his sense of humor is fantastic his sense of music is wonderful like I I like to me the Suicide Squad was one of my favorite if not my favorite comic movie of the year that that year was it was so good I loved Peacemaker and I liked how he can balance down and this is why I think DC fans should start to have a lot of hope pun intended that it's like it's one of these things where 
he can go into that full rated R zone in the Suicide Squad, keep that zone for Peacemaker, scale it down to here for Guardians. Oh, by the way, in the Guardians, one of the lines that even I even looked at my eleven year old daughter. Yeah, when I and I was just like, and I was when the or or Nebula's trying to figure out the car door, and he's like, (laughs) push the button. You know, she's hitting. You're pushing the keyhole. Push that one. And then he's like, she's like, what do I do now? Open the in the car. <laughs> Hilarious. So good. Yeah, I saw a news report today about that, about uh, uh, Chris Pratt, you know, makes history for Marvel. Is, Is that the first, first, first F-bomb, first F-bomb oh, okay. in, in, in MCU? Apparently the first F-bomb was supposed to be Downey Jr. It was supposed to be the final moment in Endgame right before the snap. It was originally supposed to be <laughs> Thanos. And then snap. Just avoided the whole thing with with person. <laughs> Let's take it again. Hey, let me let me let me do this. Hold on, hold on. Where is it? Uh, okay, ready. Right, hold on, go. Okay, so originally you got that whole build up to Endgame, and right at the end, the original line apparently was supposed to be Downey Jr. And that was how it was supposed to be. Perfect. It was the Bill Burr cut just Wonderful. now. That was the even better. But uh, yeah, and I, I stupid ass car. I like the the <laughs> way it landed, but I also think that would have been a beautiful first half bomb. I I but what that was the other thing that I needed is I need all of the guardians at one point to be stupid. I I don't think you did that with Rocket because obviously this was a little too emotional for him to do right. that. But everybody else, that was Nebula's dumb moment because mm-hmm. she has one. Remember in the second one, the whole thing is she's like, right. I'm hungry. Give me the root. It's right. not ripe yet. Everyone tells her it's not ripe yet. It's not ripe yet. They keep taking it from her. Right. Then she captures Rocket and she goes. Yeah, I'll show you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not ripe yet. Like, like so. Right. This, the car moment was that for her. It was, and she, and uh, even like, oh, and another great moment from Drax. So it's Batista was just so good in this movie. But like when, um, what is what what's the he motorcycle? Eating? No, what's he eating? Oh, the Zard oh, nuts. The Zard nuts. Oh, there's none left. And there's none left. <laughs> He's so good. And He's the really nuts really good. Landing from the joke that almost worked for me in Infinity War, like the pause joke. Those were the oh, right, nuts. Right, so I right. love that we landed we the Zard nuts joke. He did it though. He they, he acknowledged it on the couch. He goes because remember oh, he that kept couch, that down. couch bit. Was oh, he kept bit. lying down and he's like, Drax, I can see you. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just, Why he is it shaped so oblong? Man, it yeah, doesn't yeah. make sense. Well, because and that was the type of balance to me in the typical James Gunn setting that like it was. Let's focus. What's the actual intent to talk to the Zubilee Zoo people and find out, like, you know, what's happening and and all of that. But let's throw some jokes in there. And the jokes fit at the time because it's it's Drax being Drax and it worked. But I will say kind of spinning this into I don't want to. And I'm and, and I've already talked about how he's changed his tone and he will. I don't want to see that kind of humor in Superman. I really don't. I don't think we're going to. I, I, I don't think so either. But this I don't, is a testament to yeah. his evolution. If yes. you look at if you look at his work over the last ten years, he's only gotten better. Right. And you look at the directing of Warlock. That's Superman flying, man. There's yeah, so yeah, much yeah, beautiful yeah, action yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. If you look at his his sentimentality and tone, I think that the way he's described Superman this week or yesterday, even he said uh, as of recording, he said he wants someone that like you want to hug. Right. Like all of that right. sentimentality, I think is going to play. And then I also think the way he's approaching, like you just said, that PG thirteen line, we're going to get a Superman that's unique to the space. Exactly. That's going to be Superman. So I I think, honestly, DC fans should be doing victory laps. I don't know how you would make that humor work in Superman. I can't even, because in order for that Jimmy Olsen. But that's what I'm saying. Right. But no, not even like, yes, he's kind of a goofball, but he's, he's not involved. Goofball. He's not right. And he's not involved enough right. with Superman. Right. Whereas like Peacemaker, it makes sense because Peacemaker's an idiot. And so no, but I'm, I mean, less about not just the not just like the kind of adult humor, but I mean, more so about like people are in the middle of talking about something. And then there's a 
there's the thing that they're focused on, and then it goes into this kind of jokey Look, thing. Because he does that, he does that in Peacemaker. He does it in Suicide but, but Squad. But those characters make sense I, to I, do. That. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why I don't want to see it. In no, no, no. I, yeah. I get you. I'm yeah. just saying I don't even know how he would broach that. Because yeah. what character in that universe would ever be that way? Unless you're going to do the whole Otis. And I, I now that I've watched right. Superman, I, I hated that element right, of those movies. Right. Was the Otis? I was like. <laughs> And Lex Luthor's an idiot too. Come Otis, on. Otis, <laughs> I went Otisburg. Yeah, <laughs> Otisburg, <laughs> Otisburg. I love Otis. Love, of course Otis. you do. Of course, Ned Beatty, man. <laughs> Otisburg. <laughs> Gene Hackman's so good in that. <laughs> he doesn't want me to take his cape, Miss Luthor. <laughs> so nice. um, all right, what do we miss? Anything else that we miss? Uh, so high far? evolutionary. We didn't talk about him at no, all. No, we haven't talked about him enough at all. Yeah, that's right. High, we have to talk about it. He was. That's right because we just had shot the non-spoiler. Um, so high evolutionary was a great villain. I mean, Incredible. a great villain showed his his kind of insanity. And like I said in the non-spoiler, and Winston made a good point, and I understand that his insanity is kind of what led him to do all the screaming. I just thought that because of the performance was so solid. That he didn't need to scream as much as he did. I get kind of why he did, but maybe just kind of cut back. I think it was more of a James Gunn thing than anything else. I think it also led to, to be honest with you, if you don't have him be a tyrant, if you don't have him be not on the like anywhere, the the, the mutiny makes no sense. He has to be at a right. stage abusive to his, abusive to his people. Everybody. He's making no sense. He's abusive obsessive. and yelling is different, though. No, no, no. I understand that, but to the point where they're like, he is not. It's not just abusive. It's he's instability. Not, he's completely he's unhinged. unstable. Like, yeah. Everyone is literally going to die. Right. You need to let it go. They're right. letting you're him shut the hell up. You, right. you have to make him sure. I, but but that you're talking about when that one particular moment. Sure. He he screams a lot, dude. You can count how many how many times. Like sometimes you're just like, do you want any peanuts? No. It's like, oh, <laughs> you don't need to scream there. But uh, but but I thought overall he was fantastic. He was a good villain because what we always say about villains in general, right? Does the villain believe in his cause and think that his cause is the right cause? And the answer is a resounding 100% yes. Like from starting his own civilizations, the fact that we found out that he's the one who created the uh, – Counter-Earth? The, no, no, no. The, not Counter-Earth, but the, the, the main kind of – Oh, the Sovereign. Yeah. yeah. He created the oh, Sovereign. He created, oh. And then we get that kind of reveal, and that's where Warlock comes from and all that. Like – and the reason why, and like he's he has like this viciousness to him, and especially now that we've you know Rocket ripped off his face, you know, and like, and there's this moment that he's got with Rocket for like a split second, you're like, oh, maybe he's kind when they're sitting outside and he's talking oh. to little Rocket and he's having a conversation with him. You realize, well, that was short lived. If it, if it if it helps you at all, I know that we're we're bouncing a decent amount back and forth between the past and the future. I know what you're saying about the screaming. He only screams, I want to say, once or twice in the past. And it's once when he's clearly it looks like he's drunk trying to find Rocket yeah. in the cage. Right, right. And then another one when he's like, How did you know? Like, how did you know mm-hmm. that that was the thing right. that fixed it? Because all of a sudden for him, the high evolutionary being the top of the he food chain, it out. being like, How did you do this? Right. And you're my creation. So that's the beginning of his instability. All the rest of it, it's always when people screw up. So right. when Adam Warlock didn't bring him back, when it's like, give me my property, right, right. like yeah. that's when he like if it helps. Yeah, but well, I don't but know. I know it, it's just I understand why the rage was there. I just thought that when he was because I thought he was one of the best villains in a long time. Mm-hmm. It just it was so much more effective to me when he was like menacing and he was. It's like your dad when you're you know when you're driving in the car and you're screwing around in the back seat, and he turns around and he goes, "I said stop." The Matt, not Madam Disappointed. Yes, I, I I agree, but to me, the reason why that comes from Thanos is because Thanos is actually living in this state of pure confidence. Right. This dude is he's, so insecure, he, and he, right? 
that that's where that's to me why the screaming makes sense no, I and I it. it didn't bother me because I was like he is clearly so insecure because he thinks that yeah. he is perfect and this is not the case. I get it. I, I think it's going to be a this. This is definitely going to be a me thing. I don't think there's going to be Fair. a lot of people that are complaining about. Also, that. from a filmmaking standpoint, you're cutting from insane traumatic flashbacks to bombastic action. I think the yelling might have also been like you need to keep that energy. And I know yeah. that like this feels way scarier, but I think you also need that external when you're got like explosions all around. Like, sure, there's a physicalness. Oh, no, I, I didn't mind like. 85% of the screaming. Mm. Sure, it was sure, the sure. additional 15 that was like, <laughs> was just like, it's like, because like when I started to predict when the scream was coming, that was when I was like, all right, he's going to scream right now. And he started screaming. I was like, oh, I wish I could predict that. I want it because you want it to feel like it's just naturally like coming out. Like, yeah. I, I guess, I guess the other part that maybe, maybe this is why I just jacked into it so much and the screaming never phased me is other than that insecurity, I have been in a nightmare boss scenario. Yeah. And he was always cussing out Screaming, his underlings. You know, and, yeah. and, and I've literally been at a point where, like, I was having panic attacks right, at work because right. his boss was so bad. Yeah. And you didn't know what the – because if you notice, one of the times when someone had to deliver bad news, they were like, oh, is hired? Right, because he knew he's going to really go after them. Yeah, couldn't hold that in. Last bit about – I'm really sure what to say is that I love that they built an entire world to destroy it and – the intense trauma of that made Thanos is like the Thanos is right people. I love that they evolved that into someone like more cruel, more yes, cold. Yeah. And the way the high evolutionary destroyed a whole planet was so dismissive. And oh, the you way didn't they care. Yeah. and the way they didn't I, I love that the film didn't like they show people exploding traumatically as like a war right. and as their reaction, but they didn't let you mourn them. They had to go to the next they thing. And it was you're almost right. flippant too, because right. then you're like, I feel that like, oh my God, we're on to the next thing. And I love the pacing in the yeah. third act. Like yeah. Marvel has third act problems. I think this is one of their strongest third acts. I do too. Mm-hmm. And I think especially like, you know, and again, I know that it doesn't mean that they solved a, a big problem, but can, you know, when you look at like movies like Thor, Love and Thunder, and uh, I know people are split on, on, the multiverse of madness and quantum mania. Um, and I think that we all agree that black Panther, the second one was, was the most solid one that they've done in a while, but this one just felt the most like a phase one and two movie. The Marvel magic was back. Like, yeah. That theater. Yeah. I, the only reason I think that Wakanda forever throws us off. And we've talked about this is because yes, the story was about mourning Chadwick, but you felt the loss of Ch- like it was something with that. That was missing. missing. Yeah, that was course. missing. Of course. There you, was only so much that they could do. Yeah. That's to me. That is what made the difference between a Wakanda forever. And this yeah. is that obviously you can't avoid death in real life. Like, right. What are you, you going to do about that? But, but um, everything was there. And so to be able to close it out, it kind of it cooked a little bit different. And you're right, the magic was there because you felt like all the pieces were they were all there. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, and and that all combines as well with with just what James Gunn did. And James Gunn knew, James Gunn also knew, you know, whatever how long he was negotiating, whatever it might be from the final edits, he wanted to do this, and he mm-hmm. did. He hit the shot. He walked off Came the Marvel and walked off. He walked off the Marvel court. And now he's on the DC court. You know, and so and we almost never got this movie. Like I, I, I think about, about that. that. Oh, we right, literally right. almost never would have received this perfect piece of art because it was also much later. Because it was supposed, to, if I'm not mistaken, it was supposed to be as pretty much as Endgame was going to wrap yeah. up. It was supposed to be like the first thing that we get into for Phase Four. But because of the firing and then the and, the and then going to DC and, and then the Suicide Squad, I'm so glad it happened this way because I think I needed this break. 
right? reminder. Yeah. Like, I feel like the magic of Marvel, I know we're, we're acknowledging it, it's, it's like possible, the hurricane, but, but it's, it's possible. possible again. Yeah, it's, I it can does, feel love. But it's possible, but it's also, as you said beforehand, too, we've spent so much time with these characters. You've got to give us, and we, we were locked into these characters. The problem that they now face, who are we locked into in Marvel moving forward, right? And I'm not saying that there's not possibilities but there's no one that we're locked into right now the same way that we were locked I mean, we're not even locked into as much doctor strange as much as we were spider-man I mean, we were locked into spider-man and ant-man was around the same time as guardians and ant-man dropped the ball that's what i'm saying so. is like we were invested in ant-man yeah. but like yeah. the, right. this did all the things that i wanted ant-man to do right with no if no one was gonna die could have done this i'll yeah. tell you part of the reason why i think with ant-man we talked about this you try to introduce too much i know like yeah. you you learned a lot of new things in this film but the only real new characters villains are always going to be new is is warlock we mm-hmm. already got a tease well, of, of, of evolutionary villains are villains are pretty got much it, always going to be it, new got it, got it. um you got cosmo at least a little bit already sure. in in um in this holiday special so mm-hmm. like as, <laughs> right, so as right. long as you had that you you got a tip of the hat of that you already knew all these characters so like you didn't have to kind of like Figured out, but we essentially had to get reintroduced to Cassie completely. We had to get completely introduced to Hope, or not Hope, to uh, Janet. Right. Um, you're you are. We already know that Kang is supposed to be the for the long. And term. if you didn't watch Loki, you probably wouldn't know who the hell he was. So it, that's yeah. a different type of villain, and because the villains, like again, they tend to be the one off, yeah. introduced for the thing, and they're out. Right. Since we know Kang is going to kind of be around, you had to do that. There was too much trying to. Give me new information instead of well, focusing on this. And that's the question. And that seems to be a lot of the stuff that they do. Plus, you know, the the, the balance from humor was way like 80%. Like, look at She-Hulk, 80% humor, 20% plot. And that's being generous. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's others like Thor, 90% humor, 10% plot, right? So now the balance, like, I thought this, this to me was a 50-50 balance. Mm-hmm. And maybe, actually, I would say 60. I would say it's even shit. There we go. There 70 percent, I would say, is was more plot emotion. Yeah. with like thirty percent. Even mm-hmm. though there was a lot of humor in it, it wasn't the focus. The there focus. was way more trauma than humor, and yeah. it was like seventy percent trauma. I agree with, but but the levity was always so like needed yeah. that it it was a release. Yes, I'll be honest with you. I think that that you saying that that's why it worked. I think if you had leaned even more into like say Jane and her cancer. Yes, right. right. I think that that would have potentially maybe helped balance yeah. because because right. again, it, it, when he did it at the end, it was fine. Yeah. Perhaps you, some you, god butchering. Right. You you yes. start right. right 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 right. You you started so dark with this movie because you start with Star Lord's a drunk, Rocket's lost right. in his mindset, and then Rocket's pretty much dead. You also right. need to age up the movies to the audience. We have had the 15 year anniversary of Marvel next month, and therefore a lot of people that have been with these characters are grown. Right. And so, so the if, movies should be grown right. sometimes, so, and not and all of them. There's no reason to take shots at people. So if you're gonna play, you know, a 13 year old in the first movie, don't play a 13 year old in the second movie. All right, moving on. <laughs> so, but I, I, and that brings us to Adam Warlock again. In that choice, I do think that, like, as as much as I wanted to see the serious Adam Warlock, I don't think a serious Adam Warlock would have worked in this film because it would have been that OP saving them all the time. It would have been someone in the know that could have scooped up Star Lord. Right. Like those things wouldn't have worked. And I think that James Gunn wanted to use him because he did plant him in the first one. Sure. The Sovereign was set up to have him. How in was this. he planted in the first one? I don't the, remember. There's the, a cocoon in the first film. Oh, okay. You can there see the is. cocoon. Yeah. In the, in the In the first in film, nowhere? there's... Uh, yeah. But see, that doesn't make any sense. 
because then the, the sovereign introduced. We don't know how long he has to cook. We sovereign introduced in the second. movie. No, no, no. The sovereign was the second movie. That's oh, maybe why the cocoon's in the second movie. It's in the second yeah. because she even goes, "I'll call him Atom." So, so sorry, yeah. my timelines. But okay. like, we we have uh, the long game where I think maybe he wanted to bring him in the first. Either way, mm. James Gunn has wanted to do this. I think if he was the one we know from the comics, it would have thrown off everything else so much that it would have been a bad idea. And it would have been to, hard for him to beat him. Beat but, right. Yeah. But if you're gonna do that, there's I think a better explanation than we cracked it open early. What if that if the initial fight with the Guardians where he's whooping their ass, but like he ultimately gets beat if like it completely wipes his memory or something like, you know what I'm saying? Give me a reason why like his personality genuinely doesn't make sense other than just like, eh, you made him a child. Like, I don't know. It, it just it didn't it wasn't a good of enough reason for him to act like that the entire time. But if 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 the fight put him beyond recognition and they had to reboot, I don't I don't know. It just didn't work for me. But that's me. But again, such it seems like all three we have of us, one tiny we have thing. one little thing in this <laughs> world. Like, the, the, like we all agree this is a really fantastic movie very curious to what you guys think though we're not uh, assuming that everybody loved the movie there there are a, a bunch of our peers that that we saw that didn't necessarily like the movie some people thought it was too dark some people thought that the balance wasn't there so where do you guys stand where did did you like guardians 3 where does it stand as far as all three did you think it was a good time top yeah. 10 mcu both of you it's 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 hard for me to say because it's so um you know um i'm in the moment of it sure. right now so it's like does it the recency bias i would say yes mm-hmm. because i loved it okay like i'd have to go i don't have a lot of four nine so i was just wondering yeah. i need to recatalog okay yeah, I'd have to re- i haven't i haven't taken the time to really sit and think on a lot of these yeah. movies because a lot of them i've seen once and never come back to and i think that that not that that would affect it one way or the other but i got to be like okay how does Winter Soldier, how does Civil War, how does the original how's Black Panther still play for me? And I though? do have to be in like I love seeing movies with my with my oldest, right? Because I I as I've said, I watch the movies kind of through her eyes and stuff too. But it's like I also you know, when you're eleven years old, there's certain things like we we saw Ant Man together and like I like I said when I came out of that reaction, I was like, not everybody's gonna love this movie. Like, but I still I like the science fiction of it. I thought the ending was messy and sloppy and all that stuff too. But for her, she was just like Whoa, the spectacle of it all. And then with that, she was just yesterday when watching this or when we watched this movie, she was just emotional. She felt the stories and she really loved Guardians. Like it was a school night for her, you know? Yeah. So like I was I, I had to, I had to do some that explains like, that you left so quick. Well, I had to do some negotiating with the with the wife to get her there in the first place because it was a school night and she was way past her bedtime. But she loves the Guardians movies. Mm. Like she loves one and two. And I was like, I gotta get her to this one. I mean, I gotta get her to, to see it and 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 she could start on her friends in school. That she yes, saw that she saw early. Guardians. I know, I know. I know. So uh, anyway, so that's our spoiler-heavy review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Very interested, once again, to hear everybody's thoughts. So make sure you, you check it out. Look, speaking of checking it out, on June 24th, we're going to be in Stanford, Connecticut. It's going to be myself and Mark Ellis, Corey and Martin from Double Toasted at the New York Comedy Club in Stanford, Connecticut. But on June 23rd, if you like Winston and Coy, and who doesn't, come on out to Manhattan, June 23rd. Tickets are on sale for both shows at thechristianharloff.com. I get all these people, man, telling me, East Coast, East Coast, you got to get to New York. You got to get to New York. When are you coming to New York? Well, we're coming to New York. So if you don't show up, you're dead to me. Um, (laughs) So anyway. Let's uh, let's say goodbye. First of all, Koi, where can they find you? Uh, all over the internet at Koi Jandro, and probably watching this movie too many times because I needed it in my soul. 
at the Swaggy Blurred. Uh, I will be streaming a lot more that I've now that work has kind of slowed down a little bit for me. So please come say what's up, because otherwise I'm just sitting here with a swollen foot and a broken leg, and it's terrible. And if you want to check out the show that we did at Flappers on April 28th, that is still available on thechristianharloff.com. You can join up at a tier. You can get it a la carte. Check it out. We did a full, we did some stand-up comedy. We did, um, we did a full big thing show. So we hope that you check it out. Thank you guys for joining us here today. Please leave your comments, and we shall see you guys on the flip side. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.